Well, hello everyone. How's everyone doing? And I'm using a microphone. There we go. That's better. Can everyone hear me? If you can hear me, give me a thumbs up. We can go live. And no thumbs. Okay, good. So we're live then. Great. Okay, cool. Awesome. Welcome everyone. Trust you had a great weekend. I did. I hope you did too. Okay, we're waiting for the air conditioning to kick in here. All right. Well then, I think um with all protocols observed, we can just about jump right in. Let me just make sure that everything is where it needs to be. That's good. All right. Hit record and um, let's go. Well, hello everyone. Trust you're doing good. Um, it's been a while since I've been, you know, used this setup. Um, things have changed a lot, so forgive me for that. Um, my name is Francis Stewart Jr. I'm a member of the Cape community. And um, this is Word for now. Let me put the flap on the screen. There we go. Yeah, this is Word for now. Happens every Monday from 8 p.m. through 9 p.m. We're running a little bit late, a few minutes late. Um, thank you so much for your patience and joining us. Apologies for that. We will not be repeating that again by the mercy and grace of God. Um, Pastor Francis Seaboard sends his love and his greetings. In case you haven't noticed, he is back. And um, you'll be seeing more of him as time goes on. Um, how's everyone been doing, by the way? Hopefully good. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna leave the banner on the screen just because it looks like um, electricity right now is um, has a mind of its own, and um, what a blessing it has been. <laughs> okay, turn the gen on. I, I think we're I'm gonna believe we're good right now and flip back. Hopefully, I'm not wrong. There we go. All right. So it says unstable connection. Hopefully, that is also wrong. But am I good? Am I am I looking steady with everyone? Like, am I jittery? Am I looking kind of funny? Hope I'm good. Feedback from the live audience says nothing. Can anyone hear me? Okay, thumbs up. Great, awesome. Thank you. Your feedback is greatly um, appreciated. Thank you so much. Okay, so let's say a word of prayer as we jump right in. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you're doing even at this time in our nation. Yes, Lord God, in this country and even in us, Lord Jesus, we say thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, because even right now, Lord God, there are systems, cycles, operations, and different things that are in motion, all because you want to reclaim the earth for yourself. We, we glorify, we, we magnify, we exalt you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so while praying, I saw this little vision of... I wanted to... But I saw another vision just now of a giant, um, like a giant clock system with all these little gears and, and things ticking. And basically I feel like what the Lord was saying was, he wants us to get like a download of like, and it's like the scale of like the things that God is doing. And then the focus of what he's doing in you, but understanding that what he's doing in you is to what God is doing at large, if that makes sense. And in this is looking at your physical body. You can even look at your physical, you know, your life in general. And you see that many of the things that you carry on doing throughout your life, they rest on completion of specific tasks, right? I have this um, um, productivity tool called Things. And this tool, let me see if I can, um, I'm not going to show it on the screen. I'm going to find a non-personal thing. <laughs> Okay, so here is a list. I don't know if this is visible. I need to turn down the brightness on the screen, but basically I have my to-do list right here. Let me see. If, okay, so from this, this angle here is on this bright, brightness down. There we go. An artificial way of making it more visible. So um, I have a list of different projects, all captured on my personal, and I have like personal projects. I have like my and a different that I have the cave and different products under that I have SCAG different products under that I have um, some companies I'm working with and products under those and what I then have is when I go into each of the areas I'm ready to explain how the areas and the projects work I go into any project and I have to do's basically tasks and each of these tasks have like subtasks on and getting products to fulfilling like regions or areas in my life, making sure that subtasks and let's look at 
all of this as a little allegory parable of the workings of God. You know, we laugh, I think it's last time, yes, about the in our hearts, right? And it's bringing forth fruit. Um, we were, that was actually two, I watched that video and it like kind of like bumped into everything we're saying and we're two weeks ago about the seed of God's word, right? cycles and operations of God in our lives and is meant to reproduce whatever God desires in us. And then we then went on to explain how, oh, wow, this is actually captured in the scriptures, um, but then shown also biologically in our physical bodies through our DNA. The sound is breaking. I am so sorry. Huh. It's a signal to come in Jesus. Else. Um, is the sound better now? Can I? Am I good to go? Let me cut the recording here. Okay. Give me one second as I get a contingency going. I might cut off for a second, but just hang in there. Okay, status report. How are we doing? Can anyone hear me? Yada, 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 yada. Can anyone hear me? 
We can, great. So hopefully, oh dear, hopefully we're good. And we're back on. Okay, so hopefully this works. Um, not sure why my phone connection thing isn't working, but I'm trusting God that this one holds up the entire way through, but we're gonna keep on going. So in your life, you have a, a lot of operations of God that are ongoing by virtue of the invasion of God's life, amen, into your spirit man, but most especially into your soul. So when you believe the gospel as a believer, according to the scriptures, um, this is when Cornelius um, and the others first got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Paul, uh, not Paul, Peter explained that their hearts were sanctified by the Holy Spirit. I should probably pull that verse up so we can see it. Um, sanctifying their hearts by the Holy Spirit. Um, this is when he was giving um, witness um, to um, the by the Holy Spirit. This is, yes, Acts chapter, let me pull this verse. Acts chapter, yep, 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 yep. Hmm. I want to make sure I'm in the right verse. Acts 15 from verse, given the Holy Spirit and put on difference, purifying their hearts by faith. Yes, Acts 15 from verse eight. Let's look at that real quick. Acts 15 from verse eight. Acts 15 from verse eight. So this is Peter recounting what happened in Cornelius's house. And here he's going to be explaining what happens when the Holy Spirit enters into someone when they first get born again. Okay, so let's take a look real quick. It says here, God who knows their hearts, bore them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost as he did unto us and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Okay, so um, this is speaking again about, um, people in Cornelius's house, one verse prior on, prior, prior to this, Peter says, there have been much people, Peter rose up and said to them, many brethren, you know how that a good while ago, God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. So according to this verse of scripture, when someone believes the gospel, right? Um, the Holy Spirit invades that person's life, right? Changes their life force in their spirit, man. This is explicitly captured in Romans chapter eight. I'm gonna show that to us as well. Before we do that, let me just finish everything I'm saying here. Um, change their life force on the inside of them by putting the life force of God on the inside of them by the virtue of the Holy Spirit being alive on the inside of them. And then because of that exercise of believing the gospel, that exercise of faith by their souls, there is a purification process that ensues on the inside of them. Does everyone understand that? In other words, every, every, in every place in your life that you believe God, there is a sanctification that takes place in that area. Does that make sense? And that's what um, Peter explained here that their hearts were purified by faith. Now, if you let's go real quick to that Romans chapter eight portion of scripture where Paul explicitly explains that if Christ be in you, <coughs> um, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Let's look at that real quick, okay? Christ being you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Someone argues and says the spirit reference here is the Holy Spirit, but the Bible explains in other verses that um, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Amen. So in other words, you're going to have a lot of difficulty differentiating your spirit man, hallelujah, from the spirit man of God, because we're all now drinking from the same spirit, right? Hallelujah. We're all made to partake of the same Holy Ghost. We're all baptized into Christ. Hallelujah. And so basically, um, the spirit is reborn, renewed, right? Transformed. Um, the old man no longer exists, right? He's completely destroyed and all things are new. You now have the life force of God on the inside of you and in your soul, that act of faith, exercise yourself in faith, kickstarted a purifying, sanctifying process. We can see more verses that point to this in first Peter chapter one, first Peter chapter one from verse, um, let's look at verse um, purifying your, let's look at verse 22. Let's take a look at this. Okay. So seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart, fervently being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. That being there doesn't mean that the obedience of that instruction gives birth, makes you born again. It's actually having been born again, okay? And I can show that to you in prior verses in First Peter chapter one. So essentially what Peter was saying here was, when you believe the gospel, 
a purification process starts in your life and there are degrees of intensity of these workings on the inside of you. He actually said in that portion of scripture, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. Hallelujah. So basically what he's saying here is you have gone really far in obeying the truth. Can everyone, can everyone get that? Unto the unfeigned love of the brethren. So there's all these like landmarks and thresholds and measurements and gradients, right? And you're allowing the spirits of God to work on the inside of you. That's sanctification process on the inside of you. Remember, it's purifying your souls, right? Sanctifying your souls, right? By faith. Here he's saying through the spirits of God, which if we go back to the Acts 15 portion of scripture, we can see that as well, right? Hallelujah. So what's happening here? You're seeing that there's, there's different let me let me let me not go that far just yet let me make sure i can i can hit this properly on the head okay so we see that this process of of receiving the message of the gospel brings about a purification process so we can all see that right and how does this happen by the word of god right but you're also going to be aware of the fact that even though the word of god came to you and the purification process did start there are some places in your life that have not received any purification. I'm sure everyone can agree with that, right? There's some habits in your life, right? There's some cultures and practices. There's some different thought patterns, belief systems. And if you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, you're going to discover that there are strongholds, high things, veils, right? Hallelujah, fears and you know con belief systems that are contrary to God's word in your life. And what do these things do? They actually hinder the encroachment of of, of, of the operations of God into your life. Basically, the life force on the inside of you is meant to hijack, arrest, and take over everything about you. But because of these belief systems, patterns, strongholds, veils, amen, in your soul, in your heart, in your mind, in your emotions, your will, your imaginations, amen, because of the presence of all of these things, you're going to find that you can make the power of God of no effect by your tradition. Hallelujah. Or as you actually said in that verse of scripture, he said, you can make the word of God of no effect by a tradition. Now, this, this contrasts deeply with what we just read and with what you see in Colossians chapter one, when Paul spoke about his life. Let's look at Colossians chapter one from verse, let's look at 27, I believe. Yes. Here we see Paul make some explicit mention and references to um, who we are in Christ. It says here, to them, God will make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, when he says Christ in you here, he's speaking about the life force on the inside of you, amen? He's making reference to who you are in Christ Jesus, amen? He's speaking about the realities resident inside of you as a believer. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter two, you will discover that both you and God have the same inside by virtue of the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you, by, by virtue of the life force of God being on the inside of you. The Bible says that um, 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 by the Spirit of God being on the inside of you, you have access to the deep things of God. Those deep things of God are not found in God somewhere. They're actually found inside of you. Hope everyone understands what I'm saying. When, you, when the scripture talks about things like God's dominion, God dominating you and ruling over you, we have, you know, because of the words used like kingdom, we have pictures of a castle somewhere floating in the sky with birds everywhere, amen? But Jesus Christ looks at his disciples, people he's preaching to you and says something, the kingdom of God is within you, is in your midst, amen? Hallelujah, the reference, the reason why he's saying all of these things, he's letting them know the dominion of God encroaches internally first before it's, it begins to punish disobedience externally, if that makes sense, before it begins to command authority externally, hallelujah. The process of the kingdom of God arresting and, and dominating you internally is actually how we come into the image and likeness of God in Genesis 1, verse 26 and 27. Amen. And the fruit of that internal dominion is that you receive dominion, amen, externally. So you see Genesis 1, 26 and 27, God said, let's make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion, amen. Then you can now see the, what is the order? Let's make them in our image after our likeness then the second part is let them have dominion all that makes sense amen now when you hear um, you know image and likeness kingdom doesn't come to your mind and that's because fundamentally our perspective perception of kingdom is deeply flawed by a lack of the judeo-christian context 
that the Hebrew um, scripture writers had. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just try and hit this thing and make this as simple as possible or drive the point, at, drive, drive the point home as quickly as possible. I'll say, say it like that. And which is this. God's dominion is very genetic. I'm going to say it again. God's dominion is very genetic. I'm going to say it one more time. God's dominion is very genetic. If you check the things I've been hammering about the last few weeks during the Crystal Rivers sessions, Word for Now and Kingdom Mysteries, I've hammered on how DNA, the DNA of any creature, is almost a law that creature lives by. You see all the cells in, in every human being's body is fighting to uphold what is captured in that person's DNA. And I've referenced the DNA of every human being as the book of life in that person. Not the book of life of Jesus, but the books that are open in the book of Revelation chapter 20, which you would do well as a believer to make sure is actually um, um, coherent with or corresponding with or in agreement with the book of life. Amen? Basically, your DNA, your genes, amen, capture whose descendants you are and which life you're meant to be living out. Hope everyone gets that. Amen? Now, God's desire when he talks about us coming to his image and his likeness, as we've explained this time and time again, if you don't understand anything I'm saying, please make sure you throw your hands up and let me know. Amen? God's desire when he says that he wants to come into his image and his likeness is actually that we bear his DNA. That by we, we, we come into his heritage, his inheritance, his genealogy. Now, I'm going to show this to us as plainly as possible by looking at those scriptures. Genesis 1 from verse 26, okay? It says here, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the cattle and over every creeping thing, okay? Later on, we'll find out that one of the creeping things, one of the um, beasts of the field, amen, was actually um, a cherubim. So God is basically saying here, let them have dominion over all of creation, all the angels, all of them. And you see references to that in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. But notice how God said, let's make man in our image and after our likeness, and then let them have dominion. If you jump real quick to Genesis chapter, chapter 5, it says here, this is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him, male and female created he them, and God blessed them and called their name Adam in the day they were created. Now, notice how both of them were called Adam. Both of them were in the image and likeness of God. Now, Keep that in mind as we go to verse three. Remember, image and likeness first, dominion second, okay? Adam lived 130 years old and begot a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. Now, the Hebrew writers, when, when, they, when they put, when um, the Hebrew writers, Moses, when he wrote this, he was letting us know what God was saying in chapter one, verse 26 and 27, when he said, I want to make man in my image after our likeness. Basically, God was saying, I want to have a son or I want to have a family. Everyone get that? That was released from God as blatantly as you see it in Genesis 26, 27, and right here in Genesis chapter 5, when the Bible shows us here that Seth had a son. He gave birth to a son in his own likeness after his image. Hallelujah. Now, how do you know someone is your son? The easiest way to know someone is your son is by looking out for key features, right? Resemblances, right? Some kind of likeness between y'all, right? Another way, a more modern way of doing this is by what? Getting a DNA test. Checking the books to see if the records in your body are in alignment with the record in your father's body. If both of you, okay, share the same, if both of your books are in alignment with each other, what, what do you say about them? This is your son. Is everyone listening? The books, the books are, they, they, I don't know what to say here. They're saying the same thing, <laughs> right? They're going to be in alignment, right? They're going to be in agreement with each other. This is what God wants for us. When the Bible says that God would have us come into his image and his likeness, God is saying, I want your DNA, my DNA to be exactly the same. I want you to be my child. I want to give birth to you. Hallelujah. Now, this process of God giving birth to us, amen, is not something that is superficial. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says that we are born again. Hallelujah. Let's look, go back to that first Peter chapter one. 
from verse 22. Seeing then that you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfailing love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently being born. I'm going to change this to the regular, to the new King James, because brother King James, man, God bless him. Having been born again, so you were born again, not of corruptible seed, but what? Incorruptible seed through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Now, if you remember our Father of Lights conference that we had um, in December, hallelujah, let's take a look at um, our, our theme scripture from that, from that um, conference, okay? It says here, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes out from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Amen. I'm going to look at this now with the regular King James, okay? Verse 18 says, Of his own will, he begot us. He begot us. Beloved, the Bible is saying here that if you are a believer, if you are born again, God gave birth to you with his word. Amen? Now, this is very important. You know why? Jesus Christ said something. You can make the word of God of no effect by your traditions. What does that mean? You have the ability to frustrate the process of inheriting the genes of God. I hope everyone gets that. I have, a, I have a place, I have a place to play, I have a right to play, I have a point to play, I have a place to, I have a part to play in becoming, amen, the image and likeness of God, in becoming the offspring of God. I have a part to play. We can see this, right, in John chapter 1, the Bible says, to those that believed him, right, he gave them power to become what? The sons of God, even to those who believed on his name, who were born out of flesh, of the will of flesh, nor blood, or the will of man, right? But of God. Amen? So basically, what, what are we looking at here? We're looking at the truth that you are God's child, yes. Why do we know this? Because all the internals of God are present, right? What does that mean? What's that, what does that mean now? When you give birth to a child, if that child, you take a child for a DNA test, okay? Uh, what you're looking at here is making sure that the books in that child's body in agreement with yours. Once you've met all those requirements, then what do you now need to see all the kinds of the book show up? The right environment is necessary for that child to begin to bring forth all of the things in that book. Who knows what I'm saying? I'm making reference to the, to the process by which the, the cells in your body give visual interpretation to what is captured in your DNA. I'm making reference to that as, as your body reading the book of your life. I'm sure that they're parallel. Who guess who does not understand what I'm saying here? Calling your DNA a book that your physical body is reading, constantly going over, making sure that it is bringing forth proteins, amino acids, um, uh, pathways of life, cells that look like your grandpas, that look like your uncles, that look like your sisters. So that when your body is examining what's in the book, it is bringing forth you. Hallelujah, bringing forth after its kind. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is actually what we're trying to get at here, amen? We're, 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 we're trying to understand this incredible truth that you are God's child, yes, but there are some things that can hinder that manifestation process, amen? There's some things that can hinder that agreement in your physical body with the genes of God. So you can be God's child, blood-bought, blood-washed, and yet there is no manifestation of your sonship. You know what's so interesting? Romans chapter 8, right, that says what? That all of creation is what? Wailing and travailing for the manifestation of the sons of God. That's exactly what I'm talking about right here, okay? He, creation is not waiting for everyone to get born again on the earth. Creation is waiting for human beings that would allow the book of life to be found physically in their bodies that they will visually give interpretation to the dna of god does all this make sense so that the deep things of god will not just be found internally within them no no god's dominion would have conquered them 
And because of that, they can begin to radiate his dominion. Remember, image and likeness first, and then dominion. Hallelujah. This is what we're getting at here, okay, when I say that um, dominion is genetic. Because God dominating you means that, this is what God dominating you means as a believer. God ruling over you simply means this. The things that cannot be found in the book of life will not be found in you. It doesn't matter the situation you're placed into, you're placed in. It doesn't matter um, um, how much stress I put a child through, okay? That child's DNA doesn't change. Is everyone listening? Hebrews 4, verse 12. The word of God is, yes, yeah, that's right. Penetrates even to the divine soul of the spirit. Join to man. That's right, that's right. Amen? God, God's word is able to bring, you know, expose your inwards. Bring your insides out. Amen? You're going to discover that irrespective of the conditions you place any child in, perhaps you place any child in, amen, externally, the internal biological configuration of that child, that child's life, amen, remains unchanged. Irrespective of the environment. Who's ever seen those pictures of twins separated at birth? They might have different clothing on, maybe different you know, makeup and different things here and there. When you bring them back together, you can see the DNA speaking loud and clear. Hallelujah. Ever heard that phrase, blood is thicker than water? Hallelujah. What I'm trying to hit, hit here is this. Dominion speaks of control, right? Speaks of giving policies. Speaks of, of government, exercising government. Hallelujah. As believers, God wants to exercise government inside of us through our DNA. Is everyone listening? God wants the same way. Right now, when you look at me, believe it or not, you're going to see instructions given to my body from my dad. Is everyone listening? The instructions are your nose must look like this. Your mouth must look like this. You must walk like this. You must, you must talk like this. You must think like this. Is everyone listening? We don't consider these things to be related to dominion, but I'm trying to explain to us what the scriptures are pointing at when the Bible talks about dominion. God's dominion comes as a seed, according to Matthew chapter 13. What are seeds used for? Bringing forth after a specific kind. What does this mean? God's dominion is genetic. Is everyone listening? Does everyone get this? God's dominion over us is genetic. And so to understand God's dominion, the study of genes is so crucial. The study of, of, of reproduction is so crucial. The study of pollination, the study of germination, the study of gestation, these things are so critical to our understanding of God's life growing inside of us. You know why? All of those things that are said now, all those words I just said now, they're happening right now on the inside of us, whether we like it or not. So I, say, I don't feel anything. Many women are pregnant with children. They don't even know or they take a pregnancy test. Is everyone listening? You can have not just a, a child goes out of you, amen. You might even have twins and you have no idea anything is happening until some, a, a signal, a symptom, right? Some kind of sign, right? Like I know many believers, they get born again. And one of the signs, right, of the new birth experience is that they stop smoking. If you're still smoking after you give it up to Christ, doesn't mean you're not a Christian. Is everyone listening? If you're still drinking, if you're, even if you're still doing some really horrible and bad things, that doesn't negate the experience that happened to you if you are born again. If, 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 if you're not born again, don't get born again. Don't say that, ah, I knew it. <laughs> and then you reject the born again experience and you wallow in your sin. You are on your way to hell, according to Ephesians chapter 2. <laughs> Vessel of wrath. Amen. You don't want to be one of those, right? We're children of mercy, according to the scriptures, right? But the offspring of mercy. Hallelujah. And God delights in showing mercy. And mercy triumphs over judgment. Hallelujah. But you can frustrate mercy in your life. That is why the Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace and mercy. <laughs> Amen. If you do not look for mercy, you will not find it. That's the truth. Amen. Unless mercy looks out, looks for you. And when mercy looks for you, if you do not respond, you will not experience mercy. I know that because Jude says, you beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, amen, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. That's Jude 1, 20, 21, 22, amen. Hallelujah. Hope everyone understands. Dominion is what? Genetic. Dominion is what? Genetic. 
So when I see people bringing forth after a specific kind, they are under a domain. They are under some kind of dominion. When you see family patterns being repeated, ah, in this family, they have this issue and they have that. There is a prince in charge there. Is everyone listening? There is some kind of government that has been instituted there. Is everyone listening? Let me say it like this. Your genes are policies. Your genes are decrees. Your genes, hallelujah. Simple listening, our laws. Simple listening. This is why when Adam died, according to the scripture, the Bible says in Adam all died. You know, we have this um, misconception about what happened after Adam sinned against God. That after Adam sinned, um, after that, um, everyone, when they get to the age of accountability, um, they're uh, from heaven or something like that. And then after the age of accountability, um, they now die spiritually, and then that's the end. That's not just, that's completely, that's completely false. According to the scriptures, everyone died in Adam. If you check your Bible, everyone in Adam died. The day Adam disobeyed God, his genes, the laws in his genes were, were enforcing death upon humanity. For that reason, every single human being that is born is dead, according to the scriptures and according to the truth. Amen? Son asks, do babies go to heaven or to hell? Oh, jeez, hallelujah. You know, we have these concepts of heaven and hell that really plague us. When you check your Bible, heaven and hell is not the emphasis of the Bible. Go out and read your Bible very carefully. The things we prioritize are not things that God prioritizes. I'm not saying that God doesn't care about heaven or hell. I'm just letting you know that the priorities in scriptures, you're not going to see heaven and hell as a subject. You're going to see kingdom as the emphasis of the New Testament. In the Old Testament, you see salvation. That's what they call the king. Salvation in the Old Testament was God dominating you. You coming out of being an idiot. You coming out of being sinful. You coming out of living below God's mark, below God's, below God's will and God's expectations. That's called salvation, called deliverance. We, we have these doctrines of, let, let me shall make heaven shall. And you're not going to find that anywhere. There is no one in the Bible that talks about making heaven shall. The people that make, that let them shall make heaven shall, according to the scriptures, are people that their bodies have been delivered to Satan for destruction. Do you want to be in that camp? Who understands what I'm saying? If you check the Bible, you, don't, you see the emphasis of the scripture on God's dominion. Hallelujah. So, um, um, <laughs> the child that is born, let me just answer that question, amen. Hallelujah. The child that is born, if the child um, dies before what we refer to as the age of accountability or when the child awakens into consciousness, self-awareness, okay? The child that is born, that um, dies before that, their souls, okay? They're going to be sent back to God. Hallelujah. So don't worry. Amen. <laughs> Fear not. The wisdom expressed in scripture shows us this from Romans chapter 2. Amen. Their, um, their conscious accusing them or excusing them. Amen has become a law unto them, according to Romans chapter 2. So that's the law that we used to judge that. Amen? Please, don't make this emphasis. I know it's very hard because of religion and years. You know, I can easily say something because not too late in my life, the Lord began to reveal some of these things. Some people have lived with this, these things for like 20 or 30 years. Some people, until they came to the cave, they never heard about any of these concepts before. So it seems so strange. You're telling me that it's not about making hell. I remember a girl, I'll talk to a lot about this, and then she would be like, this is cracking my mind. How can you say it's not about heaven and hell? Literally every movie that I've watched, about every Christian movie is about making heaven. And I'm like, to be honest with you, I mean, that doesn't mean anything because you can be wrong, sincerely wrong. Doesn't make you any less wrong. Does that make sense? Your sincerity and your being wrong doesn't make you less wrong. Now, there's more guilt attached to being um, um, intentionally wrong, amen? But being sincerely wrong and being wrong you're still in the same, you're still wrong. Amen? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Does everyone understand? Everyone, everyone get what I've said so far about genetics and dominion? You see patterns in someone's life. You see patterns um, genetically, all these things or whatever. Dominion is at play. Dominion is at play. Who does not get what I'm talking about right now? Raise your hand. Let me know. Does everyone get what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to get feedback here from um, Zoom. Or Zoom on. If you're on Facebook, and um, I think it's the only phase we're live on right now. So no one understands what I've said. Interesting. What part don't y'all understand? I'm going to 
Claire. Okay, good. Okay, thank you, Jade, 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 Jade Sola. Thank you. Hmm, Jade Sola is clear. All right, good. It's clear. Okay, good. All right, cool. Thank you, Ms. Renita. All right, I'm going to keep on moving here, okay? So, with this understanding at play, that the dominion, okay, is that God's dominion within us, right? It's all about genetics. You can see that that dominion and the image and likeness of God are synonymous, right? From what we saw in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, and Genesis chapter 5, how someone coming to the image and likeness of God means that person inheriting God's genes. Amen? So in other words, coming to the image and likeness of God is actually what? Inheriting God's dominion. This is literally why it says, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. It's almost like God was saying, let us give man dominion and let them have dominion. Does that make sense? Because both processes are the same. If you, if you thoroughly examine the scriptures, you can see these conclusions as synonymous. Hallelujah. You can see these, these points point, you know, captured in the scriptures as synonymous. So now, here is the question. How do we change our genes? How do we change the contents of this book into the contents of the book of life? The way we do this is by spiritual processes. Hallelujah. We were looking at that two weeks ago, amen, when we looked at what, when Paul spoke about the workings of God that worked in him mightily, amen. We also looked at that briefly earlier on when we spoke about the purifying of the soul by faith. When we looked at what happened in Cornelius' house, when Peter was recounting what happened, he said that, no, these people, their hearts were purified by the Holy Spirit when they believed. So, the process by which we receive the genes of God is by faith. Everyone say by faith. Everyone just type this, by faith. So kingdom by faith. There we go. Thank you, Mr. Renita. Hallelujah. That's one person. Two people. Yay, Randall what's up, buddy? How you doing? Yay, thank you, Giselle. Thank you, Tamara. Yay, thank you, Sad. Salu, I almost said Sadu. Hallelujah. Thank you, so good, okay. By faith, amen? So we intentionally, what do we do? We inherit God's genes by faith. That doesn't mean by mental assent. By faith, though. Thank you, Ada. <laughs> Thank you, Azuka. Thank you, Adele. Yay, Ade, what's up, buddy? How you doing? <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. We, okay, when we, when we think about faith in modern day, you know, western system of thought faith is like literally for many of us just mental assent just accept it just believe it and honestly that is not very far from the truth if you don't have disagreements that are deeper than just accepting it so for example you're someone that in your in your book there is no disagreement with what god's book of life is saying about you in a specific chapter if you just give the exercise of mental assent alone to what the scripture is saying, you're going to find a lot of ease in receiving those genes. And you find that those things are installed on you. That's what happens during meetings. When someone goes for a meeting, amen, and they hear one testimony, one word, and they're like, ah, let me go and practice this thing now. And within a week, that issue they're dealing with is gone. Is everyone listening? Why? The disagreement that person had with that thing in their own book, there was not, there was not a fierce disagreement. Is everyone listening? <clears throat> or oh, let me phrase it like this. The soil of their hearts. Remember the, uh, Matthew chapter 13? Amen. The kind of heart that they had was not one that was resistant, amen, to the word of God. Who understands what I'm talking about here? I'll share a vision a man of God had. Um, it was Chris Reed. He had this vision where um, he was in a meeting. Was it Chris, Chris Reed or Joe Sweet? I think it was Chris Reed. He was ministering once. And while he was ministering, the glory of God invaded the building. And the glory of God was this ball of light that was right next to him. And it, it just began to encroach. Like it came through the wall and began to walk, move forward. And as it moved forward, he looked at the, the crowd. And he now saw different numbers above everyone's head that was written in black, like right over their heads. And basically, as he was preaching God's word, 
um, water was coming out from him and it was landing on the people. Now, as it was landing on the people, the number above their heads began to reduce from some people it was seven, some people it was eight, some people it was nine, some people it was 10, some people it was two, some people it was three, some people it was one. As the teaching was going on, people that were one, he would talk to them and the number would go to a zero and immediately that glory would jump on them. They were listening. Then people that were seven, some people were six, people were five. As the word kept on being taught, what was happening was the number kept on reducing and reducing and reducing until um, several people got down to zero. Now, he also explains something about the minister that was preaching. He says something that if the minister that was preaching, when he preached God's word arrogantly, water was coming out from him, but the water wasn't touching him. <laughs> that was the scariest thing I ever heard in my life. I said, Jesus, I'll be a fool to be thinking of something in life. When God says otherwise, amen. Basically, when I say, please understand what I'm saying, I don't have low self-esteem, amen, hallelujah. <laughs> in fact, what I'm working on in my life is humility, amen. I think because of the things that God has said to me about myself and the things that I've seen in my life, my esteem, the Bible says no one should esteem themselves more highly than they ought to. That's, that's actually what I should be doing, amen. I esteem the work of God in my life as very significant, amen, hallelujah. And I'll have arguments with different people about different things, all because of this basis that I believe that my life is kind of important. You don't believe in these convictions because you do not believe your life is important. That is the reason why you're okay with this and this and this and this. I am not okay with those things. Not because I am, who gets what I'm saying, okay? Doesn't mean I don't make mistakes, though. <laughs> Is everyone listening? Hallelujah. Doesn't mean I don't make mistakes. Doesn't mean I, don't, I don't make foolish or stupid mistakes, amen? But there's a place when you're, you know, you're, you're free to make decisions and make choices, amen? In that free space, exercising your will, the convictions that drive that exercise process, man, one of them is definitely that my life is a big deal. Like God's plans for my life are very significant, amen? Hallelujah. What I'm trying to say here is that when I heard that, I was like, hmm, I have to make it a practice to not think more highly of myself than I ought to, so that when God's word is coming out, I would also be washed and I'll be cleansed. Now, what was actually happening was that the word of God, as it was being taught, as the gospel was being preached by that minister of the gospel, amen, those numbers above people's heads represented the veils, the strongholds, amen, the darkness in the heart, the traditions that resisted the encroachments of God's life, of the gospel into them, amen. And what began to happen is that as God's word was being taught, okay, in humility, what was happening was that word was coming and washing it, allowing the glory of God to penetrate them. And the glory of God is not external, amen? That was a prophetic vision. God's glory is not external. I'm going to say it again. God's glory is not external. The glory of God and the image of God are the same thing. Do you know what the glory of God is? It's not bright light. You can see bright light in a meeting, but the glory of God is not bright light, I can assure you. I'm going to say it again. I have bright lights in my room right now. This, this is not the glory of God, amen? Now, if there's something that happens, some kind of pursuit of God or some kind of spiritual phenomenon that happens through which you see bright light shining and you say glory, amen, hallelujah. It is the actions that brought about that inroad of those supernatural manifestations that can be considered, amen, the glory of God. I know what I'm saying here. The glory of God is not bright light. The glory of God is who God is. If you check the book of Hebrews chapter 11, you're going, uh, chapter one, sorry, you're going to see Jesus Christ is called the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person. In other words, God's glory and person are very difficult to dis distinguish, amen? Basically, God's glory and God's person, amen, are pointed to God's image and God's likeness, amen? God's kingdom and God's glory heavily intertwined. God's genes, God's glory heavily intertwined, amen? I wanna make sure that there's emphasis laid on this, amen? Hallelujah. Okay, about approaching the end here of this word for now. I want to make sure I end um, where I'm supposed to. Amen. This process of receiving the genes of God, amen, takes place by faith, where the, let me explain it like this. Let me explain it like this. When we got born again, amen, our spirit's man, was installed on the inside of us, the spirit man, um, the life force of God was installed on the inside of us. By virtue of that installation, processes of God that were to lead to the tampering of our, our 
our physical needs were kick-started. They were deployed from our spirit man. Bible says, he that believes in me, out of the belly shall flow rivers of living water. Those rivers will first of all flow into our hearts. Amen. Now, it is now our heart that determines if it will go any further. Is everyone listening? From our heart, if our belief systems are in agreement with that flow, what's going to happen? It will come out and then flow out, just like Ezekiel's, the Ezekiel River from um, the river flowing from the temple in Ezekiel's vision. Amen. What's meant to happen is that when you believe the gospel, the life force of God is installed inside of you, beloved. Now, after that installation process has taken place, amen, there is now a force. God's dominion wants to find expression through you. Now, the expression, the process by which we find expression through us is not just chaotic and random and sporadic. No, 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 no. It is very meticulously and wisely executed. These processes, they come in phases. They have sequences, amen? Now, automatically, everything should be working simultaneously, like the way a clock works, amen? But there is one major factor that determines how well these things will prosper inside of us. It is our belief systems. Is everyone listening? Like what Jesus Christ said, you make the word of God, you make the power of God of no effect by your tradition. In other words, even though you believe the gospel, if you still hold on to traditions that are contrary to the things written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Again, there is the Lamb's Book of Life, right? And everyone has their own book of life. If the Lamb's DNA and your DNA are not in agreement, uh, 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 that's not good, right? What's going to be happening is that you're going to be finding that if our belief systems are actually anti what is in the Lamb's Book of Life, you're not going to see his DNA finding expression on the inside of us. Who knows what I'm saying? So I'm going to say it again, okay? There ought to be a natural and organic expression flow of the genes of God taking over our physical bodies, okay? okay? Where what would happen is that your physical body will begin to align with the DNA of God, physically giving expression to the genes. Pages from the Book of Life will be found manifesting in and through you. When people give life to Jesus Christ, they stop smoking. That's what's happening. When someone gives life to Jesus Christ and they stop womanizing, that's what's happening. When, when, they, when, they, when they start, they have a brighter smile or they have a glow on their face. That's what's happening. Amen? That's organic encroachment. Amen? That's organic flow. Amen? Of God's dominion out of them. Amen? Demands that there be a reconstitution of their physical DNA. Hallelujah. Now, our belief systems, beloved, our belief systems can frustrate this process. I'm going to show this to us in the book of Romans chapter 8, and we end with this. Amen? You're going to see there's a lot of tie-ins with um, issues of the kingdom, the ones we have on Thursday, on Wednesday, sorry. Hallelujah. But let's jump real quick to Romans 8 from verse, um, let's look at verse, from verse 12, okay? Paul says here, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. So we're debtors not to live according to the flesh, but to live according to the spirit, obviously, not to the flesh, right? For if you live according to the flesh, you shall die. But if you, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Hallelujah. Now, what is Paul talking about here? Basically, if I, right, live according to the old DNA, right, the old man's DNA, what I'm going to find happening is that instead of the life of God finding expression inside of me, I'm going to find the old man finding expression instead. That's me dying. But if by the Spirit, remember what we said in, in the beginning with Cornelius' house, when Peter said that by the spirits of God, their hearts were purified by faith, or what um, um, Peter said, actually Peter said in both of them actually, yes, Peter, Peter the whole way, that's true, right? Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 1, since you've obeyed the truth, right? Um, since you have, yes, since you obey the truth, since you've purified your souls through the spirit by obeying the truth onto the unfailing love of the brethren. In other words, you're going to see that the obedience of the truth and the spirits of God, they go hand in hand. What I'm trying to emphasize here is simply this, okay? Our receiving God's words into our hearts allows the spirits of God on the inside of us to do the work of reconfiguring our DNA physically. Is everyone listening? 
That is what Paul was referring to here as the mortifying of the deeds of the body. It says here, if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. This operation here of mortifying the deeds of the body is genetic, where we as believers take a stand intentionally emphasizing that I am not going to be living by the dictates of my physical body's DNA. I'm going to be living by the DNA of Jesus. Is everyone listening? I am going to accept the concept of the book of life, not the concept of my physical body. When Bible says, if you live by the flesh, he's not saying that if you live by your physical body alone, merely, but he's making reference to the writings, the laws, the genetic codes of the old man that are still left unchanged in your physical body. Believe me, beloved, those things are powerful. They have a voice. They dominate. They rule. They govern. They in, they're, they're almost institutionalized. You expect people from a specific village to act a specific way. There's a reason why people, they have racial um, stigmas towards people. Don't mind them. They are like this. Creatures are liars, right? According to the epistles, remember Paul said that, right? All of those things are because laws, like Paul said, if I want to do good but evil comes out, it's because there is a law in my members. That is the book. That is his DNA. Is everyone listening? If you live like every red-blooded um, um, African male, I almost said American, African male, amen, what you're going to find in yourself, amen, is this, is this thread going around of how one guy would have his main chick and his side chick, how he can ha have his wife and then his mistress. You know, this, it is almost, it's not institutionalized yet, but it's almost, I mean, if you look on, of course it wasn't social media, I don't know what's happening on social media it almost seems like it's a norm now but i even hear people saying that how can you even be faithful to your to your to your girlfriend that how don't you know but again if you as a believer live according to this you're living like the world what's what i'm saying i'm trying to hammer this here man we are not meant to live by the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, our taking the Lamb's Book of Life and living by that is now going to do something. Energizing the flow of the Spirit of God from our spirit man to begin to mortify those deeds or change the laws or change the DNA in the body so that we can live. Now, look at what Paul says immediately after that, okay? If you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, what are they? These are the sons of God. As many as are led by the spirits of God, these bear the image and likeness of God. As many as are led by the spirits of God, these have the DNA of God. As many as are led by the spirits of God, these ones are entering the dominion or the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope everyone understands. Is this was this hard? Amen. I, I want to I want to make sure I step things down because I feel like the volume or the quantity maybe <clears throat> might be a lot. So I'm intentionally stepping things down. I might step things down even more. If you know there's been an emphasis in Dream PhD, went about top. Who's it? Please check out Papa's message on Saturday. It was powerful. Powerful. I exploded like five times um, during the ministration. Does this there's like three or four specific times. I'm so sure like there was like, um, there, there were deposits that were just given and it was so heavy. Um, I encourage you to listen to that message. If you run around on Saturday, um, get the message. It's on our, you visit our website. It's right there on our website. It should be right there. No ministers will be there now. Well, click on, on the Spotify thing. And then with that, go on to Spotify and you see um, PHP there. You can also click on a, you see the Watchman Conference stuff there. Sorry, the Hour to Face um, Prophetic Conference stuff there. Click on the, on our YouTube page, like right there. And it'll take you to our YouTube page. And you can watch everything live right there, okay? Please go and be edified. There's an impartation there waiting for you. Um, but I was going to hammer this, that during the meeting, what? <laughs> I'm just going to ignore this. During the meeting, um, emphasis was laid to deeds in the body. And I feel like that's a major emphasis right now. 
I believe strongly that God wants all of us to walk in supernatural favor, in supernatural wealth, in supernatural increase, where things will be chasing you down. I know what I am saying. I know what I am saying. They're, the kind of bodies that we're meant to be walking in is the body that all things work together for our good. So I, I'm not living a life trying to impress someone or do politics. The way I deal with issues is by changing my genes. Is everyone listening? That is how God wants us to deal with things externally. The way we express our dominion externally is by our internal reconfiguration. I will share this last time because I've ended already, right? I'm so sorry, everyone. There's this TV show I used to watch as a kid, an anime TV show called Dragon Ball Z. When they meet opponents that are very powerful, right? They have these things called transformations that they go through. And what these transformations do for them is that they have, these guys are incredibly powerful, but they, they need to achieve a specific form to be able to wield that power without a lot of fatigue and drain. So to do this, they transform, to be able to utilize that provision that is actually already on the inside of them, okay? Thank you, Francis Demi. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Francis Demi just posted a message in the, in the chat, chat box, okay? We are the same way. You as a child of God, you have his genes, right? You need to manifest them. If you're having issues in your life where you're seeing things that are written concerning you not manifesting, we need to take that, amen? and apply our hearts in faith until we see our genes changing. Once we come into that image and likeness, what are you going to see? Dominion, immediately. The Bible says over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, cattle, living thing. That thing you have given, on, that place where you have submitted to God in your heart, creation will submit to you in that place of submission. Is everyone listening? And when I say creation, that includes angels. That includes the forces of hell. Is everyone listening? Those that believe, the Bible says, in my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up dangerous things. They will not, it will not affect them. What is up with my, hallelujah. All things work together for our good, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hope you all were blessed by today. This, again, is word for now. Hallelujah. Um, Pastor Francis Seaborn sends his love and his greetings. My name is Francis Seaborn Jr. I'm his son, in case you haven't noticed. A member of the Cable community as well. We have this every Monday from 8 p.m. and it should be ending at 9. God forgive that person that extended even further than he should have. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, tomorrow we have open book with Mama. Yay. Hallelujah. Don't forget that tomorrow morning before any of that happens, we have our morning watch. And that takes place from 6 a.m. until 7. Don't forget we'll be praying for Nigeria from 7 till 7.30. So we got a bouquet of activities and then the afternoon watch from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. before Mama's ministration during open book. And that's going to be taking place um, tomorrow. I think Mama wants to change the time to 6 p.m. I'm going to confirm from her. So please be on standby about this. I might be completely wrong by saying it's 8 p.m. It might be 6 p.m. for open book. So anyways, thank you so much for joining us, beloved. I really hope this was a blessing to you. Um, Jesus loves you. And um, yeah, have a good night. Thank mm -hmm. you.